Thank you for joining in the Real and to the Point. I'm your host, Sharon LeVette, the Sojourner, and I'd like to wish you a happy 4th of July and happy Juneteenth. Today's story is of a sensitive matter, so I want to thank you to the program, and I hope you enjoy. We're going to take a moment, and I will be reciting for you. Mary Magdalene. Stay tuned. Running through the trees, running away from the nightmares that I constantly see, trying to fight my way through. I duck and I dodge, I leap and I hop, trying to find my way out. I zig and I zag, I'm haunted by the hag, these skeletons I still see. One after the other, one and then another, land at the root of my tree. I rant and I raved, I misbehaved and committed adultery by the load. I fornicated and lusted and cared not for another for a soul I had no quarrels with. This tale is no myth. I live just to fight another day. I run this race, endurance I'll embrace. Redemption, redemption I shall see victoriously. I am but a woman designed gracefully. As I battle within, I battle to bow to no man, a heart of heart and relentless to give in. Overtaken by covered dream, fighting through the forestry, seven deadly sins I'd embrace. They're all waiting to overthrow me. They call me Mary Magdalene, a woman born in sin. But in the end, they still don't know me. Thank you. Stay tuned. Thank you for returning to In the Real and to the Point with your host, Sharon Levette, the Sojourner. It is the 4th of July, and our stories for this occasion will come from the Song of a Nobody collection, and we will start off with Before the Threshold, My Dearest Roberta Lorraine. It is a story that deals with abuse and mental health issues. So stay tuned and I will get started with the story, Roberta Lorraine. Welcome back and we will start with Bruised But Not Broken. Those condescending words and those hurtful slaps. You've tried everything to make me beg, short of ripping flesh from my head. Those belittling phrases and those degrading acts. Everything you tried in their fatal attack. Questioning my fate with words of hate. I am bruised, covered in less, but I am clothed by faith. You've tried to castrate my dreams with verbal obscenities, cursing my God, showing such disrespect, confessing much more but caring even less. But no matter the abuse, for you matter not, you cannot undo, you could never undo 
my promised truth. See, I'm bruised, still searching for my heavenly home. But these streets, I will not continue to roam. I am bruised, but not broken. I am harmed, but not hurt. You're not strong enough to take away my self-respect. It is the esteem of myself, don't you forget. See, you are a tortured soul with horrid dreams. You're not strong enough to undo what God has done for me. I'm bruised but not broken. I'm blessed and still chosen. I am a completely written story. I am a miracle being molded. I am outstanding, even into glory. Garlands, July 3rd. It is heavy and necessary for life. As he breathes in, inhaling all the gloom and despair that has planted itself on his person, Garland has finally released all of the bad, toxic, deoxygenated air that has planted itself on his soul within his person and his eyes shed the pain that his heart is overwhelmed with. They come out in alligator tears. The half-edged smile turned into a frown of great sadness. His demeanor felt the joke from the horrific day that pains his body his frail body fell into a shoulder drooping slump in the four corner of his mind he still hears a voice that echoes in his soul a parent is not supposed to bury a child the child is supposed to outlive the parent this was his only girl, his baby girl. Then he recalls July 3rd, the day before Roberta's death, the last time he would speak to his only daughter and the last violent argument he would have with his wife about his daughter's safety and her choice of people that she has around their children. His heart was heavy and his voice trembled as he spoke in a soft whisper. I had to readjust myself in the chair to hear the soft words that echoed from his mouth. It was as if I had to the ability to look through his eyes and to see into his deepest thought. I could almost see the pit of his soul. I felt his pain and my heart ached for him. Not only did I read through his demeanor, but I could read the words as they escaped his lips. I listened and did not speak. I could not speak for fear that the trembling of my very own spirit would overshadow him and his remembrance of a tragic day. In a childlike tone, he mimics 
Roberta and Roberta's telephone call. Daddy, can you come get me? Otto is bothering me. He is having sex with me. And just like that, the tears fell in multitude. Confused and angry, he grew silent for a moment. It was as if the he needed to collect his thoughts, but instead it brought our interview to an abrupt ending, it seemed. We both sat quiet, and I was still in awe, as if we were both waiting on an answer from heaven. He said as though the five-minute pause had never taken place and started back in the conversation. Let me speak to your mother. And like so many of Catherine and Garland's conversation, it was loud and heated. Garland contemplated whether he should go get Roberto or just wait for her the next morning to come on the bus. Garland nor Catherine can remember who hung up on who first, but they both agreed it was a tough day. It is a little after the 4th in 2010, and I am in deep conversation with Catherine about Roberta. With a cheerful tone, she shares with me Roberta's dreams. Proud and hopeful. And then, Roberta wanted to be a nurse, maybe even a doctor. She was an extrovert and preferred to be around grown people. She was fully developed at four age, which left a lot of people questioning her true age, which gave me a lot of concerns as well. And then everything in her reality, her demeanor changed. She remembered that what made her daughter seem older also made her vulnerable. And then the tone of sadness surfaced, weighing down on her very person, barely able to speak through this pain. With a tone of a matter of fact, she stated, sharing a dream Roberta had shared with her about the third day. Mama, all the angels get together every Tuesday in the graveyard to talk to each other. And with a strong voice and clarity, she starts to share with me the memories of that horrific day. Just as her mature body made her vulnerable and prayed as well, then she bounced back to her truth. Her baby girl was gone. Catherine's July 3rd. 1982.
Her voice was strong and clear over the telephone line when we spoke July 4th, 2010. I could hear a tone of sadness when our conversation began. Within seconds of her remembrance of Roberta, the pain moved aside and a cheerful tone replaced the sadness with happy memories. I could almost see a soft-edged smile on Catherine's face when she said excitedly, Roberta told me about her dreams. Having some difficulty with how the dream conversation came about, but she remembered it all in detail. While mimicking Roberta's mature voice with exuberance, she said, Mama, angels play in heaven on Tuesdays. Saying this sentence over and over, I could hear happiness in Catherine's voice as hope and peace made her, made way to her heart. As I thought on our conversation more, I began to enter the notes. I began to cry. I was delivered a revelation. If that statement is true, then Roberta was given her mother a premonition. She was murdered on a Sunday afternoon around 4 p.m. If her words are true, then she is playing in heaven with God's angels that Thursday, that Tuesday. Roberta's July 3rd, 1982. Roberta's day starts out. She receives a letter from my best friend, Shannon Gates. I'll share with you a portion of her letter, what I can read. I went to the swimming pool. It stayed open from 10 to 10. I met two boys. The first was Jody. He was 13. And his brother was Robbie. And he was 15. Me and him really liked each other. Everybody got sunburned and was sore. So we had to leave Wednesday morning. I didn't want to leave, and the boys didn't want me to leave either, but I had a great time. I hope to get to see you again. This Sunday is the 4th. I'm going to the mountains and to see my cousin Tommy and my aunts and uncles and all of my cousins. I wonder if you're going to come up again. Well, I hope so. To get, I hope so. I've got to get going. Talk to you later. Your best friend, Shannon Gates. Somewhere in between Shannon Gates' letter and Roberta's 4th 
Fourth of July card for family. Otto Withers violated her innocence. that you've enjoyed the program so far and we want to thank our new sponsor the Hardaway House Foundation for becoming a monthly sponsor and donator for the program everything printing and also DFW Pro Cleaning you can reach the owner Devin Washington for your free quotes and to schedule your spring cleanings at 917-513-8503 or 352-441-9132. Again, contact DFW Pro Cleaning, the owner, Devin Washington. You can also go to the webpage, DFW Pro Cleaning. Thank you for joining In the Real and to the Point with your host, Sharon LeVette. Coming up on In the Real and to the Point will also be the Harold Bly story, Purple Heart Healed, and the Yvonne Scarlet Golden story, Scarlet Golden, I Scarlet Life, golden ending. Thank you for joining in the Real and to the Point. I have much to do today, dear Lord. But let me kneel a bit before the threshold of my day, that I might enter it with my serene and heart made fresh with fragrant heavenly dew, that every moment of the day I'll be reflecting you. By Roberta Lorraine, July 4th, 1982.